The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. the little train that goes from Jerusalem's Jaffa Gate and weaves through the sacred old city down to the Western Wall to pray. And we want to invite you to come along and support us financially so that the Jerusalem Channel can continue to move in the presence of God throughout this old city and throughout this nation. Thank you for supporting us, and we invite you to go to the donate page of our website, JerusalemChannel.tv. God bless you out of Zion. God is moving miraculously among all the children of Abraham in our generation. And I want to share some very special testimonies in this report, because the people who know God will be strong and carry out great exploits in the last days. And a move of the Holy Spirit among the Arab world is a major end-time sign. Shalom, I'm Christine Darg. Every day we see and hear the signs Jesus said would be apparent, indicating that the close of the age is near. In his briefing on the Mount of Olives, Jesus told his disciples that the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. And indeed, Acts 1.8 is our own ministry mandate to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and on to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, when you see all of these things taking place, look up for your salvation draws near. The prophet Daniel also predicted that in the last days, travel and knowledge will increase. And Jesus said in Luke 21, 24, that the Jewish people will once again control Jerusalem. The fact that all of these signs are converging should be a major wake-up call to us all. And while waiting for the return of the Lord to put this world right, I've been so privileged to minister for many years in the Jewish state and in Jerusalem, the city of the great king. Jesus will soon return to rule with perfect peace, justice, and righteousness. You see in the gospel in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to Jesus' mother, a virgin named Mary, who was a direct descendant from King David. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you're to name him Jesus, meaning God's salvation. The angel said, He will be great and called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. So that's a tremendous prophecy and promise given to Mary which will finally be fully fulfilled at the second coming of Jesus. Jesus is the descendant promised by God who will occupy David's throne forever. You see, God said to David in the Hebrew scriptures in 1 Chronicles 17 that he would establish his kingdom with one of David's sons and his throne would be established forever. 
I ask, will God fulfill his Davidic covenant with Israel? Yes. The world needs to know that Jesus earned the right to the Davidic kingdom through his atoning death, through his death, which provided our salvation. And when he returns, he will rule from the throne of his ancestral father, David. So I'm waiting on God for great things for Israel. But in the meantime, God also enlarged my heart for the other children of Abraham, the Arab peoples, whose father was Ishmael, the half-brother of the Jewish patriarch Isaac. By the grace of God, our ministry broke a pattern because usually gospel messengers to the Arabs tend to absorb and reflect the Arabs' offense and enmity against the Jews. And Jewish supporters are not always sympathetic towards the Arabs. But God enlarged my heart with a desire to minister to all the children of Abraham, to Jews, Arabs, and as well as the spiritual seed of Abraham, the church, the former Gentiles grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. Although drawn to the Jews because of their covenant relationship with God, I also identified with Abraham's cry, his prayer in Genesis 17:18, that Ishmael might live. I saw the Muslims' desperate need of the Savior, and God gave me an insight of the plight faced by Ishmael and his mother Hagar in Abraham's tents and their lonely expulsion and consequential spirit of rejection as they wandered in the hot wilderness of Beersheba with only a loaf of bread and a goat skin of water. Genesis 21 describes how God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven don't be afraid. God has heard the voice of the boy. And then it says, God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she filled the goatskin with water and gave her son a drink. And that's what I want to do. I want to give the descendants of Ishmael living water. Jesus said in John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I began to preach in Arab homes and in Bedouin tents, in open fields, and even from a rooftop to an entire village of Muslims in a Bulgarian village near the Turkish border. In fact, I sensed God had called me to both Israel and Arabia. God's Shekinah glory called me to stand with the beleaguered Jews on Mount Zion prior to Messiah's return when the nations turned tragically anti-Semitic. Also, God literally inspired me with a single word, go to Arabia, where I became involved in one of this generation's most supernatural moves of God within the territory of a Mideast principality. I was amazed at the Arab's openness to the gospel, just as he had opened the eyes of Hagar God also opened my eyes to give Ishmael that deep drink of living water. And so Christians today are increasingly coming into contact with Muslims and often we feel inadequate to share a faith. It's all rather overwhelming to the average Christian, but I don't want you to discount the supernatural. If we'll have the presence of mind to ask our Muslim friends 
if they've ever experienced dreams or visions, chances are they're going to say yes. Many of their dreams about Jesus are conclusive that he wants to be their Lord and Savior. But often these supernatural dreams are merely preparatory, offering clues that need someone with spiritual sensitivity to interpret them. A case in point, a Muslim taxi driver drove me on a 45-minute journey to an airport, and he was very talkative, so I asked him if he'd ever experienced a dream or a vision about Jesus. Most of the Muslims I've approached this way have responded positively. The taxi driver answered, strange that you should ask. Just last week, he said, I had a dream about a man in a bright robe, and it was Jesus. He told me he was confused about why he should dream about Jesus and not about the prophet of Islam. Well, the driver's own personal experience in the realm of the supernatural enabled me freely to share the gospel all the way to the airport and to pray with him and to explain why the Lord had appeared to him. The Lord is setting up many such opportunities, but he needs bold believers to be willing to share our faith. When I preached in an Iranian church in Germany a number of years ago, many in the congregation told me that they had become believers because of supernatural dreams and visions about the Lord. And Joel 2.28, which is quoted in the New Testament, says it will come about that God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And Mark 16.20 also declares that the disciples went out and preached about the Lord everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, confirming his words with signs that accompanied their preaching. As a sign, God also sometimes uses dreams as one way to validate messengers that he sends. Women preachers haven't always been received inside churches, but brave women have made up the majority of missionaries who've ventured outside the churches to find lost souls, and some have gone to extraordinary lengths to spend their entire lives reaching a couple of choice souls in some far-flung place. In the early part of the 20th century, one of my heroines of the faith, Jenny DeMayer, was a Russian Red Cross nurse and adventurer who traveled throughout Central Asia and Arabia as a messenger of God and Bible distributor. Besides the Bible, among my favorite books is her testimony, Adventures with God. I discovered her book many years ago on a library shelf at a guest house in Mount Carmel in Israel. Sometimes when we stand before a bookcase, we'll be drawn to just one title, and my eyes fastened on her book, which soon turned out to be a great inspiration. Jenny DeMera went to great lengths in long-distance travel and physical endurance through difficult climates and terrain just to reach souls whom the Good Shepherd was seeking. For many seasons, she spent months living with an elderly Muslim couple in Tashkent to bring the gospel to them. The old couple accepted the Christian woman into their home and hearts. The old lady was astonishingly friendly and was fond of sharing family stories, and she never objected to any of Jenny's Bible views. 
The patriarch, known as the Kodia, a Muslim dignitary, liked to listen to Jenny reading to him from the Gospels and tracts in the Uzbek language. The Kodya continued his religious practices as a faithful Muslim, but he was also open to hear the gospel. At first, Jenny couldn't gauge how much of her teaching had fallen into his soul, but his willingness to listen encouraged her to spend long periods of time over three consecutive years living with the old couple, and always she was welcomed as family. Jenny prayed with tears and a burdened heart, asking for a sign that the living Lord had gotten hold of their hearts. In the meantime, she was soon going to be arrested by authorities for missionary work. The chief Muslim cleric of Tashkent was sent to gather information so that the Soviet government might accuse Jenny of Christian propaganda. So the mullah visited the elderly couple's home to question Jenny. Her old friend, the Kodya, sat listening silently. But when the mullah was taken aback by Jenny's answers, suddenly the Kodya's face shone with a heavenly light. And he said to the mullah, Our friend here has told us that when we shall stand before God on Judgment Day, Isa al-Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, will be the one to intercede for us then. Well, the Kodya statement was a thrilling answer to prayer, testimony of his assurance that he trusted in the Savior as his advocate before God on Judgment Day. At last, when the old couple sat together with Jenny on the day of her departure, suddenly the Kodya said, I will now tell you why I agreed to accept you into our home. Before I ever saw you coming into our garden, I had already seen you. Yes, I recognized you as that woman whom God had shown me in a dream, and I welcomed you as God's messenger. Hallelujah. You see, through Jenny's faithful and patient visits, the Holy Spirit had worked in the man's heart a holy confidence to throw out the anchor of his soul into heaven. As Hebrews 6.19 declares, this hope in the Messiah is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches beyond the curtain and into the most holy place. The phenomenon that Jenny DeMayer experienced of having been preceded by a dream has also occurred in our ministry on a number of occasions. Not only is this supernatural dynamic a great encouragement that I'm in the right place at the right time, but validation in dreams also helps to confirm the gospel message that we preach. Once I entered an Arab village near Bethlehem, and a family opened their home for a large gospel meeting there because their son had dreamed that I would visit them. Likewise, a Hajj, somebody who's made a pilgrim to Mecca, prayed with me for salvation and healing because he'd seen me previously in a dream and he was dramatically healed. When we were privileged to preach in Eastern Bulgaria after the fall of communism, two women testified that they had previously seen me as a gospel messenger in dreams. In a theater where we preached in Varna on the Black Sea, one of these women rushed forward to receive Jesus. 
Just the night before, she'd seen me in a dream in which I'd caught her arm, saving her from falling into a deep pit. In God's love and mercy, that dream prepared the way for her to believe my message the following evening and to receive Jesus publicly. Well, as I've documented in one of my books, Miracles Among Muslims, the Lord has been appearing to Muslims through numerous dreams and visions, beginning in the past couple of centuries, but increasingly, dramatically, and exponentially in our time. There have been so many testimonies of Jesus meeting Muslims through the divine agencies of dreams and visions that there are too many cases to document them all. On another occasion, when Jenny DeMere was traveling in North Africa, she gave an account of the Lord's gracious approach to a Muslim. She was sent with another woman missionary from Algiers on a missions trip south of the Atlas Mountains to different towns. And one town they visited was Tolga in the Biskra province, about 360 kilometers from Algiers. Today, Tolga is known for high quality dates and has more than 500,000 date palm trees. The missionaries were informed of a supernatural experience that had happened to the owner of the largest date palm plantation. Due to a drought, the plantation owner was on the verge of bankruptcy, and whenever he had bored for artesian wells, he had failed to find water. So the man had decided to commit suicide. But in the night, whether sleeping or awake, he met a man in shining white garments who appeared to him and forbade him to kill himself. The man was the living Savior. Jesus told him to drill once more for water at a special spot in his palm garden. Jesus assured him that he would find water. The message was so definite that the plantation owner took fresh courage and sure enough, he bored for water at the appointed place and wonder of wonders, water was discovered that was so violent that it gushed irresistibly and soon overflowed the surrounding palm plantations, bringing relief also to their drought-stricken plantations. The neighbors agreed to pay the man a large sum to share the rushing water through concrete channels that were constructed. Now, when Jenny heard about this testimony, she was deeply moved and wanted to discover yet another instance of our Lord stepping in by a higher power to save a Muslim and to pour a blessing of much-needed water on people like Ishmael dwelling in a dry and thirsty land. So they searched and found the plantation and the miraculous stream of water arising from the earth in an unbroken flow a large volume of water, and also the color looked like water issuing from a glacier. Beautiful living water, rushing, bubbling, which she drank with delight. With the man's son, the two missionary women talked about the living water promised by Jesus in the Gospels and of the surpassing excellency of the living water which he gives in our souls bubbling up to eternal life. The young man said that he owned a French New Testament that he had acquired in Algiers, and he assured the women missionaries that he understood that Jesus had saved his family. 
Jenny wrote, he presented us with clusters of the most beautiful, golden, transparent dates from his garden. And we left deeply impressed by the wonderful ways of God with the children of men. Hallelujah. Well, as I said, sometimes the Lord is enigmatic when approaching Muslims in dreams. This is because he wants them to seek and to knock. And the Bible promises all of us that when we search for the Lord with all of our hearts, we'll find him. Well, during the Muslim fasting month of Ramadan, a young Muslim man from Indonesia experienced a disturbing dream. He was tied to a chair by heavy, thick ropes, and he was struggling to be set free. But then, thankfully, a man whom he recognized as Jesus touched the ropes, and they fell instantly to the ground, and he was set free. Jesus then said to him, Go look for the pole. What pole? The young man asked, but Jesus simply repeated, Look for the pole. The young man awakened from his dream, pondering the meaning of the pole. But in a few days, because of the cares of life, he forgot about the dream. Then two years later, again during the Muslim fasting month of Ramadan, he experienced another dream, a sequel to the first dream. This time, Jesus visited the young man saying, why haven't you done what I asked? I told you to search for the pole. The young man was perplexed and he said, where is this pole and how can I find it? And in the dream, Jesus pointed to a hill very far away and said, go, look for the pole. In his dream, the man ran in the direction that Jesus had pointed and he seemed to run for miles through dense jungle. And finally, exhausted, he came to a clearing. He was jolted to his utter surprise. Before him in the dream stood a giant cross. This was the pole the Lord Jesus had told him to find. The next day, the young man visited his mosque and asked the leader if he knew the meaning of the dreams and the cross. The Muslim cleric very wisely replied, search for the truth. Then is the Christian Jesus the truth, the young man asked. But the imam simply repeated, search for the truth. The next night, the young man dreamed again, and this time he saw a cemetery. He recognized the graves as Christians because they were all decorated with crosses. Suddenly, in the dream, the graves were open and those who were buried rose into the sky where Jesus was waiting for them. He cried out to Jesus that he wasn't ready because he didn't yet have the cross. Awakening from this dream, the young man was greatly distressed. He knew there was a small church near his village, so he visited the church and the pastor gave him a Bible. They opened the Bible together to John 14, 6, which says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. This testimony is a perfect example of Joel 2, 28, which I said is also quoted in the book of Acts, which says, it will come to pass that 
I'm going to pour out my spirit on all mankind, God said, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Well, while ministering in the 1990s in Kuwait, I met a wonderful young man and brother whom I'll call Ahmed from Saudi Arabia. Because he had studied to be a leader in his regional mosque, because of being a Saudi national, Ahmed had no knowledge whatsoever about Christianity. Yet one day, without any prior knowledge of Jesus, Ahmed experienced a remarkable open vision he saw a large church descending from heaven. And inside the beautiful edifice, he heard people singing the most heavenly, glorious music he'd ever heard. In fact, he'd never heard any music like that on earth before or since. And he saw people from every nation in this building worshiping and praising the living God. Suddenly, in Ahmed's vision, down the center aisle of this church, a majestic man was swiftly approaching him and he extended to Ahmed a silver cup. The man said to him, from the moment you drink from this cup, you are mine. Determined to understand this mysterious but glorious vision, Ahmed visited Kuwait where church buildings on a compound are permitted, unlike Saudi Arabia. The first church he visited belonged to the Roman Catholics. He entered while a mass was being conducted and he received Holy Communion by faith, although he didn't fully understand what he was doing. Afterwards, the priest suggested that Ahmed should visit the nearby Orthodox congregation, where he saw an icon of Jesus. And he said, this was the man of my vision. But the Orthodox priest suggested that Ahmed should visit the nearby evangelical church where I had preached and where he was extended the right hand of fellowship. Remarkably, other Arabs are receiving visions and strength from the cup of Jesus. How extraordinary. Khalid in Jerusalem told me his remarkable story when I visited his home on the Mount of Olives. Khalid told me, I've been a believer in Jesus for several years. He appeared to me in an open vision. He said, I could see him as clearly as I see you now. He was holding in his hands a big silver cup, and he invited me to drink from it. But when I looked inside, Khalid said, I was afraid because it looked like it was full of blood. But Jesus told me not to be afraid and to drink. He said, drink from my cup of salvation. And when I tasted it, he said it didn't taste like blood. It was sweet to the taste like a heavenly wine. Indeed, Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist meant that we should take seriously the claims of the Lord. The psalmist had found protection in all the Lord's benefits. And if by faith you are willing to accept the Lord's atonement, you will be saved. This is what the Bible teaches us. And I encourage you to receive the Lord. Amen. In the meantime, I want to remind you that all of our teachings are available 24 hours a day at our website, exploits.tv. Our videos and Bible teachings are there to strengthen your faith. And you can also click online to receive our free color magazine, Exploits, based upon Daniel 1132, 
declaring that the people who know their God will be strong and take action, carrying out exploits, the works of the Lord in our generation. So you'd be surprised how many people are literally dying just for somebody and how many Muslims want us to come and share the faith with them. But we have to be willing to step out and do it. I want to invite you to find details of our life-changing insiders tours to Israel at least three times a year. So let's stay in touch through social media and please don't forget to tell your friends to watch our programs. Our Jerusalem Channel app is available free to download from your app store where you can take our videos and audio teachings anywhere on your mobile phone or tablet. And so until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Darg. Shalom and Maranatha. Jerusalem is always inspiring to visit during the Jewish holidays, and the Biblical Feast of Tabernacles is coming up in October. Join us in the City of the Great King for five nights of joyful celebration. Exploits Ministry has planned a special tour package, including participation with thousands of Israelis and guests from all over the world in the annual Jerusalem March. So bring your flags, banners, and walking shoes. We'll also explore many of the ancient wonders and spiritual highlights around the city. And we'll have times of feasting and celebration. So plan now to come up to Jerusalem and join our Exploits Ministry Tour, October 16 to 21. For details, visit our website, jerusalemchannel.tv.